Jesus. Everybody keep worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. Keep worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Come on. That's a high exalted name. Hallelujah. Lord, we glorify you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. We exalt your name, Jesus. You're holy, Jesus. You're great, Jesus. You are a healer, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We've got to resist the urge of conforming. We've got to resist the urge of conforming. But press into being transformed. And transformation, you can be seated, is not something, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Have your way in this place. Transformation is not something that happens just in this moment. But transformation is something that takes time. The Bible declares in the book of Romans, it says, be not conformed unto this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. When you deal with conforming, you deal with forming an individual. It is the world's purpose to form you into what they want you to be. It is the adversary's desire to make something different than what God created. For the scripture declares in the book of Genesis, he spoke to Eve and he said, you shall be as gods knowing both good and evil. He persuaded her that being what he had spoke was superior to what the Lord had spoke. Because when he made them, he made them in the image and in the likeness of God. And when you consider that, though Adam was not the expressed image of God, he was made in the image and in the likeness of God. He had the attributes traits of God. He was a son of God. But this world has a way of not just this world. The Bible declares that the devil is the God of this world. And many of you, like the pastor said, we get up, we go to work, we're busy throughout the week, and we come in the church on Thursdays. And our focus is to hear something from God. But if we're not careful throughout the week, there has been something that has come against the people of God 
on a daily basis and the objective is to recreate or to not just recreate but procreate. It wants to take what God has created and it wants to form it into what he desires. I mean not into what he desires but what into into what this world desires. So what happens is we know that on a daily basis it is required unto man to pray always and not faint. Many of us make it a routine to make sure that before we do anything in the morning that we get a hold of God. But sometimes when you're used to living, like we talked about last week, when you're used to living in an environment that has been somewhat the same. And when change comes, it comes gradually. And if you would measure out the space of time or the space of change, you could say that maybe every 10 years, you would see a significant amount of change. So within that period, it gives you an opportunity to really be able to move through life at a pace that is comfortable with you, knowing that if anything changes tomorrow, it is not going to be anything that is extreme. But what happens when every once in a while you've got that season where normal change kind of moves out the window, and extreme change begins to happen. And when the extreme change breaks into the lives of people, it is in our nature that we are prepared for extreme change. However, it is in our nature to try to desire, or or, or it's in our nature to desire where we can kind of go back to a place where things may be normal. I'm not talking about so much as the way things were, but back to a place where things aren't changing uh, at such an accelerated pace with such short time within the measure of space or time. I'm talking about someone that is desiring for change to occur at a pace that they're comfortable with. So when an individual is brought to that place, it then makes them, it puts pressure on you. What do you mean? Many of you right now are just now being able to recalibrate. You're just now are able to kind of gain your bearings. And all of a sudden, once again, now you're reintroduced back into society or you're reintroduced back into what we call church. And not only that, but you're introduced back into going to work. Certain liberties have been given back to you. However, though the liberties have been given back to you, it is challenging to navigate. And the reason why is because now you've been given these liberties, but you're learning how to exercise your liberties in a different way. Can I tell somebody tonight that God 
is with you. The Bible lets us know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Even though things change all the time, our God never changes. He is forever the same. Like we said, he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It's in the book of Acts where the Lord, I mean, where Paul, Bible says, and God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul. It says, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the disease departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. I believe tonight that God is going to heal some people. I believe tonight that God is going to deliver some people. I believe that tonight that God is going to work miracles in this house. And not only is God going to work miracles today, but God's going to work miracles tomorrow, the day after that, the day after that, and the day after that. And he's going to continue to work miracles in greater fashion and in greater ways in which we have ever seen before. What do you mean? I believe that there are things that we've never seen done before. I'm reminded in the scripture where the Bible declares in the book of Mark, when Jesus was in Capernaum, and the men that saw Jesus heal the man, and not only healed him, the the man with palsy, uh, the scripture declares that after those leaders observed the healing and the forgiveness of sin, the scripture declares that we've never seen it on this wise before. Can I tell you that there are some things that you've never seen before that God's going to do in this house? There are some things that God's going to do in your lives that you've never seen done before. Now, the issue is this, is that once again, there's a lot of change. When people go through change, it's very frustrating. If you don't understand, case in point, when your children go back to school for the first week, you notice a change in the attitude. Amen, somebody. It is very challenging for them to adjust to going back from summer not doing anything, getting up whenever they want to, to now being forced into a routine. A routine that is somewhat similar to last year, but what is being required out of them this year is greater than what was required out of them last year. What is going on is they can't wait until they can get back to not having to do anything at all. What is occurring is that there are people here and you're used to, once again, like we talked about, I believe, Sunday morning, you're used to having what we call church. You know, we're used to running the aisles, we're used to shouting, we're used to dancing in a way that we can dance our way into a move of God. We can shout our way until angels begin to fill the house, till the glory of God fills the house, 
And then next thing you know, Sister Jenkins reaches over the aisle and she lays hands on Sister Bonnie. And Sister Bonnie, she falls out. She gets her healing. Sister Bonnie gets up and then she runs down the aisle, runs into Brother John and apologize, Brother John. And when she does, Brother John had a problem in his hip. God turns around and heals Brother John. And, and, and we've learned how to have revival in the midst of what some outsiders would say pandemonium. We, we've learned how to step outside of the norm. We've learned how to lay our little dignified hats and all that stuff at the door. And we've learned how to begin to praise and worship God in such a way that by the time it's over, the glory of God comes down. And if you've got someone that's got the microphone and they're operating in the gift of faith and they're convincing you and persuading you that God is going to move in this house, then what happens is not only do you've got the glory and the presence of God that's already thick in the building, but when the gift of faith starts operating and it gets into the middle of the atmosphere, it's like it takes everything to a whole nother level, and then it's like people begin to believe God for anything. It's like God can do anything next. And, and, and the thing is, is that we've learned how to do that. We've learned how, praise the Lord, that in some places, uh, uh, sometimes all it takes is just that one song. Uh, every church, praise the Lord, has that one song. Praise the Lord that, that, that when that, when that song comes on, if don't nothing get the job done, you sing that song. Praise the Lord. And if that song is sung, then what happens is the place goes up in, 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 in chaos, praise the Lord. Folks are slain in the Holy Ghost. People are getting breakthrough. Deliverance is happening. Folks are getting the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord. People are shouting and dancing. It's like the excitement in the service actually moves people to get outside of their pew and go and do something. What do you mean? You got to understand, praise the Lord. It is amazing, praise the Lord, what excitement does. Uh, 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 sometimes, praise the Lord, like I talked about children when they go to school, you know, maybe the first day of school when they've got the brand new clothes, they're, they're excited, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, but, but after the second and third day, praise the Lord, the excitement that they have, it kind of wears off. Well, it is amazing what can be done in the service when people are excited. As a matter of fact, oftentimes people bring in the preachers from out of town and they preach in a way to, to excite the people. Uh, uh, you, you want to, you want to excite them, get them excited. Praise the Lord. And if you get the people excited, then they get behind the preacher and, and they'll do whatever the preacher says do. But, but the moment you're preaching in a way that's not exciting, and people have a tendency not to do as much. Unless that preacher is preaching something that is going to put them on their faces. Now, there is a way to get a move of God. And as an evangelist, you can, you can excite the people. But, but I've learned that, that, that when you excite the people and it takes only, and it takes the thrill and excitement. And that's the only way that they respond is by thrill and excitement to have a move of God. Then usually you're ministering to people that are very shallow. 
That means that they only learn how to praise their way into the presence of God. But if you get them at home by themselves, they can't pray their way into the presence of God. I mean, so, so what happens is, praise the Lord, we, we come to church and like we talked about the other day, we've, we've got people that learn how to leech off of the commitment of other people. We've got people that learn how to leech off of the oil of people that's got oil in the vessels. But now what's going on is because, now what's going on that because we are going through such transition, everybody, praise the Lord, is having to get up and learn something new. Everybody is now being forced to adjust and being forced to uh, make some adjustments, praise God, that they've never had to make before. Some of you in this room, you're like, well, you know, I, I retired off my job, you know, four or five years ago, this year, last year. Praise the Lord. You thought that you were going to be smooth selling come 2020. But now, praise the Lord, 2020 is going to do you a, a, a blow to the side of your face. And, and now you're having to readjust and the excitement that you thought you were going to have with the things that you were going to be able to do. Now, all of that stuff goes out the window. Now you're fighting depression. Now you're fighting anger. Now you and the kids are getting upset. You and your spouse ain't getting along. All because you're being forced to do something you didn't have to do before. We mean, it is amazing how comfortable we get and how, uh, uh, how attached we get to our comfort zones, how attached we get to things that are normal, to the place where uh, we don't realize that there is a God of this world. There's a devil, praise the Lord, that is the prince and the power of the air, and it is his desire to eliminate the kingdom of God from this earth. You got to understand that if God's going to do anything, he needs to do it through a vessel. When God's going to move, if God's going to advance his kingdom in the earth, God uses human vessels. That's why I'm persuaded that sometimes the church is praying for angels to do what God's commanded the church to do. I mean, you're like, well, man, God's going to send me an angel. Praise the Lord. I remember years ago, uh, uh, there was a singer, and he was like, send me an angel. Praise the Lord. And he just kept singing to people, started talking about uh, uh, God's going to send me an angel to do this, and God's going to send me an angel to do that. Angels are not there for lazy people. Amen. God didn't call the angel to do your job. Amen, somebody. God's called the angel to do his job. But, but, but they're not your servants. They're his servants. You can't command them. He commands them. But when you speak and you obey the voice of God, then your obedience will bring about the release of angels in your life. We mean, brother hurt. So what's going on is that once again, this world has a way of trying to uh, program you. And uh, when you uh, change things, if I was to take my laptop and I started changing things uh, around on that laptop, my laptop would begin to slow completely down. Uh, anybody ever had to get an update on your phone? And when you started updating your phone, you couldn't use that phone until things began to slow down. Maybe you had to cut it off or maybe you had to slow that phone completely down so that there could be the proper kind of transfer so that that phone can function properly. Now, what happens is after the phone now has been readjusted, 
the updates have been made. Now, all of a sudden, you've got to now navigate this phone. And sometimes when there's updates, things have been put in different places. You ever had the apps change on you had things that were once there? You were like, you know, you knew that all you had to do was do so many swipes. You didn't know where that app was, but, but you knew, uh, uh, that that app was right next to your Facebook app, or you knew that that app was right next to this place. And then what happens is after you start making your adjustments, you realize that things have been rearranged. And now you're trying to figure out how is it that I'm going to navigate through this phone. Can I tell you that even though there's been an update, praise the Lord, that phone still has the capacity to do the same thing it did before there was an update change. And as a matter of fact, it can actually do more. But if you would just be patient enough and try to figure out what needs to be done, by the time it is over with, you're going to find that you're going to be able to do more with the update than you could have if there would not have been any change with your phone. What do you mean by the hurt? Can I tell somebody tonight, praise the Lord, that what is going on, that even though it feels like things have slowed down, there's an update that God is doing in the spirit of his church. There's an update that God's doing in the spirit of his people. So... So it doesn't matter how much you like Windows 97 and 98, praise the Lord, if you are going to function in this hour, you got to get an upgrade. Praise the Lord, you cannot just come in and say, praise God, well, I, I, I like it when it was like this. I like it. Those were the good old days or those were the glory days or it was a lot more easier. But can I tell you, praise the Lord, that I've got friends in the South uh, uh, that hunt all the time. As a matter of fact, I was with a preacher back in Georgia and uh, he had his phone. And you know, I, I've never hunted before. I, I'm a fisherman, but I've never hunted. I just thought guys just went out there and they just grabbed their guns and you know, they just started looking for deer and they just stumbled across the deer and they shot it. I, uh, that's what I thought went down. But, but all of a sudden he pulls out his cell phone and he's got these cameras up. And I'm like, what, what is, what is, why you got, why are you going, you put cameras up in the middle of nowhere? He's got this little bucket. He's got, he's like, look at this, brother hurt. Look at this right here. He's like, look at that buck. Look at that buck. And, and it's like, he's feeding the deer. And I was like, well, hold on a minute. I, I, I said, deer season ain't until October and, and you are feeding the deer and it's May. I'm like, you know, I'm like, in my mind, in my mind, I'm trying to calculate things. Praise the Lord. And in my mind, I'm like, how much money is the deer feed? Praise the Lord. How much time is he, how much money is it costing for the cameras? How much money is it costing for the deer feed? Uh, is it, is it worth, you know, the hunt? You know, is it better for me to just send somebody to know what they're doing? Praise the Lord. Just go ahead. You go kill the deer. Bring it to me. Praise the Lord. And I, you know, I dropped the cash and for me to sit back and go through this whole big process of monitoring deers. I mean, he's got thousands of dollars worth of equipment in monitoring a deer. He knows when that deer is going to come. He knows how many kids the deer has. He knows, praise the Lord, where that deer lives. He knows what that deer looks like. He knows if that deer is gaining weight. He knows if that deer is losing weight. And not only that, he knows how many pigs are in the area. His ability to track 
the deer is determined his ability to hunt. I mean, he's not going to be able to hunt them if he can't track them. And I've found that, 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 that there are some, and I, I honestly, I consider what he's doing deer cheating. That's cheating. If you, you gotta, you, you basically, you're providing everything the deer needs. And, and after you provided everything the deer needs, then you go and you kill him. I, I mean, like, like, I mean, a true hunter knows how to go find a deer, regardless on if he's baiting the deer in. I don't get too many amens. <laughs> but, but, but nevertheless, that's how your adversary does. He, what he does is he gets you a lot of his stuff. He, he, he gives you food. Praise the Lord. He, he gives you equipment. He provides a good comfort zone for you. And he sits back and he's like, Oh yeah, she's getting big. Oh yeah. He's getting fat. Oh yeah. Because once I put something in him, once I get out there, once deer season comes around, he's going to be too full to run. You're going to be too full. Praise the Lord to go somewhere. So what are you saying, brother hurt? You got understand that what is occurring praise the lord is that the seasons are changing and god is allowing an abrupt change to happen in your life so that when the season comes you don't get caught what do you mean by the hurt you got to understand sometimes in order for a good hunter to hunt he's got to track your steps he is looking for a routine and you got to understand that our god is the lord of hosts he's mighty in battle our god is a warrior praise the lord and he is not going praise the lord to broadcast his next steps to the enemy that is in this world you say, well, how is that possible? The Bible declares that even though the devil is the prince and the power of the air, and even though the devil's got little devils and imps all around, the Bible says if Satan would have known that the prince of this world would have known who Jesus was, he never would have crucified him. Can I tell somebody tonight that the safest place, praise the Lord, is not in quarantine, but the sacredest place is in the secret place of the Most High God. I'm telling you, God knows how to hide you. God knows how to protect you. God knows how to keep you. I'm not just talking about a sickness. I'm not just talking about a disease. But I'm talking about a trap that the enemy wants to set before you. I'm talking about an adversary that's going about day and night looking for who he can devour. But the enemy's saying that I know that she's here, but I cannot find her. I know that he's here, but I cannot perceive him. Can I tell you that God knows how to hide you from the hand of the enemy? What do you mean, Brother Hurt? That means that what God is trying to do in this hour is he wants the church to get excited about other stuff. What do you mean? That should excite you that God has got your back, that God is my keeper, that God is my battle axe, that God is my stone tower, that God is my healer, that God is my deliverer, that God is my king, that God is my buckler, that God is my stone tower, that God is my deliverer. 
deliverer, that God is my battle. Somebody should get excited off of who God is instead of mourning over who the devil is. Why? Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul don't just sit back and fold his hands, but my soul cries out. If I can't run, my soul is going to cry out. If I can't dance, my soul is going to cry out. I'm going to do something. So what happens is we become comfortable and God starts moving things so that you don't get hit in the next season. Some of us need to thank God for the disruptions that have occurred in your life. Some of us need to praise God. Quit blaming the enemy. Why? Because if the enemy could have had his way, he would have been like, keep them right there. Keep them very comfortable. Let them keep having church the way they've been having church. Uh, can I tell you that the Bible declares that we should not be ignorant concerning Satan's devices? I mean, he's a hunter. Praise the Lord. He hunts his prey. He is a serpent. He is a snake. Praise the Lord. You're not dealing with a caterpillar. You're dealing with a snake. Praise God. And it is objective to try to seek you out, steal, kill, and to destroy you. But can I tell you that God said it is my desire to restore you, to deliver you. He said, I purchase you at my own blood. What do you mean by the hurt? So, so what happens, praise God, is what God does is that God will allow things to, he will allow room for disruption. And that disruption, praise the Lord, is the cut down, the conformity. Why? Because sometimes when you are staying in the same place for too long, praise the Lord, the enemy can now detect what you're going to do next. The enemy is aware of your next step. He's aware of your next move. Why? Because the adversary has studied you. But I'm reminded, praise the Lord, that when, um, who was it? The three Hebrew boys. Boys, when they went into the fiery furnace, the Bible says, they said, oh, king, we're not even careful in how we, how we answer you according to this matter. Can I tell you, church, that in spite of whatever you step against or whatever comes against you, you don't ever have to bow down. You don't ever have to tuck your tail and run. You don't ever have to act like a little chump, praise God. But you can stand up in the confidence of the Holy Ghost and say, you know what, oh, king, I'm not even careful and how I answer you according to this matter for our God is able to deliver you out of our uh, deliver us from out of your hands uh, and if he doesn't do it we're still not going to bow down can I tell this church that God is telling this church in this hour he said I want you to establish in your heart where the boundaries are going to be you've got to establish what do you mean uh, I know that we're stepping into a new dimension and we're stepping into a new dimension of great revival and great power and great demonstration but can I tell you that God is opening a factual door before the church but can I tell you that there are many adversaries however even though there's many adversaries God is desiring praise the Lord for the church to establish in their heart right now where the boundaries are where are you going to draw the line what do you mean that you're going to understand 
understand that those two Hebrew boys, uh, they said, we're going to establish regardless over what you promise us, regardless uh, over the promotion and the favor that you give us. Uh, this is as far as we're going to go. You can make us eunuchs. You can change our names. Uh, you can talk about us. You can put us in the power. You can do all of that stuff. Uh, but when it comes down to communication with God, uh, when it comes down to the way I worship God, uh, when it comes down to who I worship, uh, that's where I draw the line. Uh, that's where I say, you know what? Uh, this is where I get off. Uh, listen, I'd rather die than wor- not worship God. Uh, I'd rather die than not pray to God. Uh, do you understand? They said there's nothing else to live for if I can't worship him. Uh, it's nothing else to live for if I can't pray to him. Uh, the day you tell me to stop is a day that I will freely go into the fire. But can I tell you, by the way, I got a God that will go in with me. I've got a God that won't send me in. He will go right in with me. And he's subject to keep me in the midst of the flame. What do you mean, Brother Hurd? That means, praise God, that you shouldn't come to church looking for a song to shout about. You got a song that the angels cannot sing. You shouldn't be coming to the house of God looking for somebody to pump and prime you. David said, I was glad when they said unto me. See, David understood that there was a time where he could not enter into the house of God. David understood that there were some significant challenges surrounding his upbringing in his life praise the Lord uh, that prevented him from going into the house of God uh, but when God turned that thing around uh, church can I talk to somebody in this room uh, do you remember the time that you were rejected do you remember the time uh, when no man would have anything to do with you uh, but you could get a hold of God in the midnight hour you could get a hold of God praise the Lord uh, David was worshiping God when he was tended to his father's sheep his father praise the Lord didn't even want to have anything to do with him when you begin to listen uh, to the language of his father and the language of uh, his brothers and the language that he wrote in Psalms uh, you would see that there was a mighty dysfunction uh, that was going on in David's life Uh, but can I tell you that in spite of the dysfunction uh, that was around David it did not stop David uh, from functioning in the presence of God uh, when he could not find favor with his daddy, he knew how to get the favor of God. He worshiped his way into the presence of God. He played his way into the presence of God. He said, let everything that hath breath, he said, give God praise. I can only imagine him being out there in the field and said to the animals, it's time for you to glorify God. I can only imagine looking at the trees and watching the trees sway back and forth. See, when you get lonely, when you are going through a season uh, and you're all by yourself, it is amazing uh, when you begin to look out and see what God is doing, uh, not just for you, but the birds in the air and the squirrels in the field. Uh, Have you ever just took a walk in the midst of your storm? 
Have you ever just took a walk in the midst of your storm? Praise the Lord. And while you're taking that walk in that storm, praise the Lord, you start looking around and you start seeing the little birds. You start seeing the little flies and you start seeing and God starts talking to you and God starts showing you how he's providing, praise the Lord, for that little bitty squirrel. How he's providing for that chick, for the chicks and the little bitty birds. And God begins to describe to you that if he's able to do it for them, he tells you that he's able to also do it for you. Can I tell you, praise the Lord, that somebody in this room tonight, praise God, needs to open up their heart and say, Lord, I don't want to live in the place of complacency. I don't want to be subject, praise God, uh, uh, to the methods and the tactics and the techniques of this world. You got to understand, praise the Lord, the book of Romans says, it says, be not conformed unto this world. What do you mean by the hurt? That means if I'm not going to be conformed, I've got to come out from it. You got to understand that even though you live in this world, you've got to stay out of this world. Even though you live in this world, you're not of this world. You got to understand, praise God, that you've got to come out. Everybody say, I got to come out of this place. You got to come out of the mindset got to come out of it so that that means that I come to a place where I, I say Lord I, I, I'm going to submit myself to your direction tonight not just your direction tonight I'm going to submit myself to your ways every day he said be not conformed unto this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so what do you mean that means that anything in this world that likes to conform your mind you've got to spend less time in front of it and more time in something that wants to transform your mind. What do you mean by the hurt? That means that you've got to get into this word. you got to let this word get into your spirit. Praise the Lord. Not just letting this word get into your conscious mind. You can get this word into your conscious mind and all you will do is get an overload. Can I tell you, you need that thing to get into your heart. David said, I hit the word of God in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Can I tell some it's not about the scriptures that you can quote. It's about the scriptures that are governing your life, the scriptures that you live by, the scriptures that you determine that that's going to be the plumb line in my life. That's going to be the dividing factor. That's going to be where I draw the line. I will do whatever is needed to do, but when it comes down to this book, this book is going to govern how I glorify God. The book will govern how I live for God. The book will govern how I treat my wife, how I treat my spouse, how I treat my children. Somebody in this room needs to understand that in this hour, God said, I need you to get into the book. Praise the Lord. I need you to look over the book. The Bible declares, I believe it's in the book of John. It says, search the scriptures. He said, for in them, you think you have eternal life. Church, we're in a place right now that there are folks that think they have eternal life and they don't have it. Why? Because they're good in tradition, but they're not good in scripture. What do you mean by the hurt? They've learned how to go through the status quo. They've learned how to navigate. But can I tell you, praise the Lord, that even though you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, praise the Lord, yeah, it might have washed away your sins. But can I tell you that baptism alone is not enough to wash you. You got to get the word on the inside of you. You need a washing of the word. And that washing only takes place when you will apply that word to your life 
life and submit yourself to the word of God. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? Do you understand the night that we have not apprehended? So what do you mean? That means that we've got to push. We've got to press beyond the place of status quo. We've got to get beyond this place that we call the normal. we got to quit looking for something, praise the Lord, that just says, you know what, I'm just looking for that ground where we could just kind of do as we go, praise the Lord. Can I tell you that God has made the church that in regards to what type of soil you're in or what type of terrain you're in, the church can still stand. It's like one of those, uh, it's like one of those, uh, uh, deals I saw online where they've got something that it can actually fly, it can drive, and it can go in the water. I'm talking about a church, praise the Lord, that can function regardless of the terrain. Can I tell somebody the day that the terrain might have changed, but the church still remains the same. The terrain might have changed, but our God still remains the same. You still got power. You still have got authority. You still have got anointing. What you've got to do is you've got to learn how to navigate the terrain. So what do you mean by the hurt? The Bible declares that Paul, praise God, was able to work special miracles. Can I tell you, like I told you last Sunday night, the miracles that Jesus did, he never did it the same way twice. He always did something different. He always worked within the terrain. Church, can I tell you that if a soldier goes out to battle, I've never been in the military, praise the Lord, but many of you might have. When you go into the military, praise the Lord, if you go in, they're not gonna you go in and you go to war praise the lord and they 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 drop you off in iraq you don't call praise the lord the the whoever it is the captain praise the lord or the major or or the staff sergeant you don't call them and say i don't like the terrain praise the lord you don't tell them praise the lord that you did your basic training in missouri praise the lord or in Kansas, fort Leonardwood, praise the lord and, and, and they didn't have no desert praise the lord they got you in the wrong place you need some soil oil you need some some grass you need some no praise the lord you are a soldier and you have been given orders you have been given instruction praise the lord to go out and to go fight can i tell you that it is not the soldier that determines the terrain that they walk in but it's the commander that sends the soldier that will determine the terrain and can i tell you that god will never put you in a terrain that he's not able to bring you out of he will never place you in a terrain that he can't work a miracle in. I'm telling you, regardless of the terrain, he's still strong. He's still mighty. He's still great. He's still powerful. So that's why you should get your excitement, not based upon the season, but based upon the God who is able to move in and out of season. Our God is eternal. Our God is glorious. Our God is magnificent. Magnificent. Our God is powerful. So I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Paul says so that his, so that from his body were bald unto the sick. Handkerchiefs, hold on, first of all, if you are sick, if, if you, if you have a major, if you've got an illness in your body, whether it's major or minor, 
I want you to raise, and you want God to heal it, I want you to raise your hands. Now I want you to stand up. All right, put your hands down. Put, I mean, stand, sit down. You can sit down. Reason why I did that. Because if a person is too lazy to follow instructions, then you're too lazy to be healed. First of all, everyone that got their healing in the scripture followed instructions. If a person can't, now I can see maybe if you can't do it. But every person in the scripture that followed instructions got their healing. The Bible says that Paul, it says, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. And the disease departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. What has happened is that the church has become so dependent upon atmosphere that we don't know how to have a miracle without atmosphere. We can't get people prayed through to the Holy Ghost unless there's an atmosphere. We don't know how to cast out devils unless there is an atmosphere. But every miracle that was recorded in the scripture, the majority of them happened outside of the atmosphere. There wasn't a praise and worship service going on. There wasn't somebody that was just kept saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. There wasn't a cheerleader. They had moves of God because they knew that God was with them. See, I'm reminded in Scripture, we understand that the Holy Ghost is the, the, the tongues, is the evidence, the initial evidence that you've received the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence that you're submitted to the Holy Ghost. And the power and demonstration is the evidence that the Holy Ghost is working with you. Now, when miracles happen, whenever we box God in to this is how it's got to be done, then you limit yourself to a thousand and one other ways times a hundred of ways it could have been done. To the place where there are those that are in the church right now that if you would really grab hold of what I'm talking about tonight, you will see miracles happen on your row you will see miracles happen when you leave this church building. You will see miracles happen when you hit the job. I'm telling you there will be a revolution there, there will be a revolutionary change in your life. In the spirit. 
And what you produce will be far greater than what you walked in back then. But what God does is he makes things uncomfortable. He removes the comfort zone. Why? Because it's like this. I've never liked it when I go to a church and there's one person that needs, there's one person at the whole, at the altar that needs the Holy Ghost, but there's like 20 or 30 more in the pews that need the Holy Ghost. And you got a thousand people that come and swarm this one person. I, I mean, like that, that, that right there, that just really gets to me because I'm like, what's the point? That's like five men trying to change a light socket. But what it is, is that you've got a thousand, if, if you've got, if you've got 10 people here that need the Holy Ghost and you got one at the altar and you got 50 people surrounding just one person. It leads me to believe that there's probably two or three that really have confidence. The other ones want to have confidence. Some of them, some of them just want to be there. And some of them, they just, you know, you've been, they just got, they just got their hands just laid. Like you're like, you're doing something and you're not doing it. You're not helping anything at all. But what would help would be if you looked and found a need and not just gravitate towards where God is moving at, but begin to gravitate where the needs are. See, we want to follow where the, we want to see the glory. And, and, and when the glory comes and everybody swarms towards the glory, but can I tell you that the glory falls where there are needs and somebody is calling out to God and somebody that's in the church that is a light, praise the Lord, sees the need and they go there. To meet the need. Can I tell you that there's needs in this building? There's needs at this altar. There's needs on this highway. There's needs in your neighborhood. There's needs in this schools. There's needs in this city. Well, we can do one or two things. We can say, won't you come to my church? God will heal you when you get to my church. You, you, you ain't never heard my, you ain't never heard no preaching until you heard my preacher preach. He's highly anointed. Come to my church. We see miracles all the time at my church. We see people get up out of wheelchairs all the time at my church. Why is it that folks got to come to your church To get what Jesus gave you, when he brought deliverance to people that didn't even come to church. If you're making it mandatory for people to come to church to get a miracle, you're going to see a lot less people come to church. But if the church would be obedient of taking the miracles to the people, then there won't be enough room for the people that are in the church. Jesus had people that were following him. 
you know, some folks, they say, well, you know, people, man, people today, they just, they just don't want God. I just don't know what's going on with folks. You know, it used to be a time that people were, you know, they came in, they get baptized, they get the Holy Ghost, and they stuck. Are you, you're talking about the time where people were really religious back then. And it was mandatory that everybody went to church. I mean, I mean, for instance, you go to Jamaica, I mean, everybody go to church. Drug dealer go to church. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? Go, go, go to Dumaguete in the Philippines. On Sunday, you won't see nobody. Everybody go to church. Folks beat their wives and go to church. Why? Because it's expected to be the church, to be a church. A packed building doesn't mean that you've got something on the altar. Packed building don't always resemble a packed altar. You can have church, you can have good church living on Broadway. But what God's doing is that God is getting us out of our routine. And now what's happening is it's like, well, the Lord's like, you ever you ever been told, make it happen? I had a business. I, I don't like it when people you know, come up to me and it's like they should know what to do or they haven't even tried. And they come to me because they've run into a problem. But they haven't even gave the solution to the problem any thought. They would just rather sit back and just wait for the boss to show up. What I'm saying, why haven't you given it any thought and what to do to make it work. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? Are you just going to accept the fact that people are going to die? Or are you going to do something to make it work? Are you going to accept the fact that people come in and need the Holy Ghost and leave out of here without the Holy Ghost? Who stayed up these past few weeks thinking about how am I going to get people pray to the, pray through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost? How am I going to get someone to church? We say, brother, I'm saying tonight that if you would open up your heart and say, God, I believe that even though this is a challenge to my thinking, it's not a challenge to you. For your mind is greater than my mind. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are higher than my ways. Paul took out handkerchiefs. Put them on his body. Who does the healing? I heard people say, well, you know, I, I got to feel this tingling in my hands. I'm telling you, I've seen thousands of miracles, but I, my, my hands never tingled. My hands start tingling. I probably get, I, the Lord probably did that because I probably get nervous. 
My, my hands never tingle. The anointing is not in my hands. But I was in a revival one time and there was a woman that had no eardrum in her ear. She was born without an eardrum in her ear. She could not ear, hear out of that left ear because she had no eardrum. We didn't shout. We didn't do the drum roll. As a matter of fact, there were some people that were just in the altar praying and nobody else knew what was going on until it happened. I whispered in her ear. And I said, be healed in Jesus' name. I laid hands on her. And next thing you know, snapped my finger. And I whispered back in her ear and I said, what's your name? She told me her name. I said, how old are you? She told me her age. And I said, how you feel? She's like, I can hear. You know why? Because God put an eardrum in her ear. Is there anything too hard for God? I'm reminded in scripture where the apostles, they brought the people outside, set them in the street, believing that just the simple passing of their shadow. I'm six foot tall. Is there anybody else in this room six foot tall or more? I mean, I'm more than six foot. They say that a person that is six foot tall can cast a shadow of eight feet. You can have revival even when you're social distancing. I know you're laughing, but listen, I spent time in prayer. I'm serious. I spent time in prayer because I'm like, Lord, we got to find, I'm serious because I, I, I have a, it bothers me when I see people that are, that are afflicted. It bothers me when I see people that are sick. It bothers me when I see people that need the Holy Ghost. Something in me wants to make that need, meet that need. It bothers me to see people that are without. I want to do something. Now, I haven't always been that way. But when I got the Holy Ghost, some things changed in me. So what am I saying, Brother Hurt? I'm saying that instead of only expecting for miracles to fall in a hyped service, Have you ever thought that God could use your shadow? My brother in the brown shirt, stand up. Now that brother's shadow, just by standing there, is hitting this altar. Is it probably going up the altar? And it's going up the altar. Sister, stand up. Her shadow She's casting about a six-foot shadow. 
Now, be seated. What is needed is someone, not just someone. Because, see, the thing is, we're used to maybe having, once again, pandemonium. But the, but the power is not in the shadow. The power is not in the hand. The power is in the spirit. There's some people right now that God is going to heal you just as soon as you stand up. Go ahead. She lift your hands. She stood up. Hold on. Everybody be seated. I want you to stand up. What's going on? Can you speak for a brother? Unstable neck, head injury, huh? Nerve damage. Are you in pain right now? She hasn't been moving her neck. Do you believe God to heal you? When? What did she say? Lift your hands. I take authority right now in the name of Jesus. I command your neck to be healed this night. I speak life into your nerves. I command all pain to, to cease by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. And I command you to be able to do what you could not do with your neck. In the name of Jesus, I speak a new neck. I speak new nerves. All damage be restored tonight by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. That's it in the name of Jesus. That's it. Move that neck around. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody worship. Hallelujah. Come on, God's moving. God's healing that neck. He's doing it right now. No more. Not another visit. Not another pill. Come on, God's healing. That's that's a member of the body. That that's a member of the body. The Bible says rejoice. With those that rejoice. Come on. Hallelujah. Rejoice with them. Because while you're rejoicing, God can be healing you. While you're rejoicing, God will be reaching in your family. While you're rejoicing, God will be reaching your body. In the name of Jesus. 
Come on. There might be a distance between you and your neighbor, but the Bible says that the Lord is nigh unto them who are of a broken heart and of a contrite spirit. Jesus said, I'm a friend that sticketh closer to you than a brother. Come on. CDC may tell you to give him six foot, but I ain't giving Jesus a foot. Come on. I want him on the inside. I want him all around. Lord, let there be an invasion that hits this house tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Sister, how you feeling now? I can't, uh, uh, hold on. Go ahead. What did she say? Yeah. Any? How about your neck? How's your neck feel? Hold on. I want you to check it. Go like this. Shake that neck. Oh. Okay. Well, tell them neurological symptoms. They don't have to come no more. Because Jesus has already rewired your neurological system. Hallelujah. I commend this. My brother, let your wife lay your hand on the shoulder. Take your hand off. How's the stiffness? It's supposed to be. We have to. We've got to get this out there. Listen. You want to shut this virus down? We've got to have revival out there. We need the flames of the revival, the flames of revival to spread faster than a virus. Come on. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I need some people, praise the Lord, that says, I'm going to go cast out devils. I'm going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to recover. Come on. And the miracles are going to happen in the streets, on the job, in the school. In the name of Jesus.
Now, if I drop, let me see. If I drop this rag right here, would it make sense? The, the brain, the head is getting ready to tell the body to pick it up. Would it make sense to pick it up this way? No. Would it make sense to pick it up this way? It make more sense to pick it up this way. Why? Because it's more accessible to this hand than it is to this hand. We are a body. And for so long, something to be right in front of us. And we'll wait for somebody clear across the room to go and pick up something or go to handle something that's right in your face. It's not how a body functions. How many of you have pulled your back out trying to pick up stuff? You got you, you to learn how to take the initiative and say, this is my call. This is my night. God's going to heal you tonight. So what are you doing, Brother Hearn? I'm waiting on something, on another way to have a miracle. I can't touch nobody. But if I start letting, listen, some of you spend more time thinking about how the devil can get you instead of how you can get the devil. Anybody ever played chess? I love playing chess. You got to start thinking about your next move. Not just the devil's next move. Why? You only need to be concerned about the devil's next move. When you're losing. But when God has already given you the victory. You need to find out what God's next move is. I'm not saying not be ignorant. But I'm saying if you would spend time with God. And you would seek the heart of God. Be seated. She cast a six-foot shadow. If you've lost feeling in any part of your body, I want you to stand up. When do you believe God to do it? Where's it at? Huh? Check it. You say it now. Check it. Check it. Huh? 
Oh, it happened now, right? Rejoice with them to rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What does now mean? Like, right? I, I've never even looked up the definition of now. This moment. See, when they were praying, those that were standing up that need to be, that I said something about losing your feeling, just keep standing. Those that said they lost feeling in your body, keep standing. I made this statement. I forgot what I was going to say. Sister, what's wrong? Multiple sclerosis. All right. So how are you feeling right now? Good. First person I'd ever seen healed of multiple sclerosis was in Oklahoma. They had something going on, and uh, God healed them instantly. It was a young kid. It's about 16 years old. Not only is God going to heal that, but God's going to heal this iron deficiency in your body. Um, are you in pain? Okay. What can you not feel? All right. Now listen. I want you. Is that your, who's that young man? All right. Son, stand up. You're in distress. I'm talking to you, mom. You're, you're, you're in distress. There was some expectations that, that you were have that you had right now. You're dealing with it. There's like a time limit, and it's like you're feeling like you're. you're it's like you're waiting for something to come through the door. But it feels like you're, 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 you're losing time. And, and the enemy has you in a panic because you, you stepped out and you believe God. And now it makes you feel as though you missed the will of God. Just stretch your hands towards her. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would move her paperwork from the back to the front. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that the right call would be made. And I'm asking, Lord God, that the spirit of fear and anxiety to be lifted from off of her this night by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. The Lord says, I am your provider. He said, I'm your healer. I am your sustainer. In the name of Jesus, he will not forget your labor of love. In the name of Jesus this night, I declare healing to your body. I rebuke the multiple sclerosis. I command it to leave this night by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. 
never return back to this vessel. Again, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing to the iron in your body. In the name of Jesus, you won't be freezing. Praise the Lord when everybody's hot. In the name of Jesus, now I command you to be whole this night by the power and the authority. That's it. That's in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My brother, what's wrong? You, my brother, yes. Scar tissue on the spinal cord. Did I hear all that right? All right. So what do you feel or what can you not feel? What does it cause when you are feeling stuff? A pain? A burning pain, all right. Mm -hmm. All right. Who's that young lady next to you? Huh? Lovely wife. Sister lovely wife. Could you stand please? I think she's got your back. Thank you, Jesus. Sister, the Lord told me to tell you that he makes all things new. He says, I brought you into a new place. He said, this night, the fear is gone. He says, I'm bringing you into a, he said, I brought you into a new place. And you're going to be able to keep it. This night, I command the torment of words that have been spoken, that have hindered you in the season that you're in. To be removed from your mind and your spirit. This night I declare that you will meditate on the things that God has spoken. And not words of people that said that they love you and they didn't. And all they did was crucify you. This night in the name of Jesus I speak healing. I speak wholeness. I take authority right now. Over this scar tissue. Lord in the name of Jesus. When my brother goes to the doctor. Let them see no tissue. No scar tissue. In the name of Jesus Lord God. We declare the night. A healing in this body. I command the scar tissue. To heal properly. In the name of Jesus. Make them whole. And let there not be any more episodes. Of this pain. Ever returning again. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I take authority right now over all discomfort and infirmities. Then behold this night. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.
I said rejoice with them that rejoice. back in four places. Nerve damage in your foot. Can you feel your foot? Feel some of it? You need, you need to feel all of that foot, right? All right, you want all that foot back. You got a pain in your back. I beg your pardon? Okay, so I just, so you got a lot of pain going on. All right. When do you want God to heal it? Huh? When do you think he's going to do it? Huh? Be seated. Who else stood up? I didn't hear you. Left arm, what's going on? Pain in your left arm. You want God to heal it? You believe God will heal it? When do you think he'll do it? Lift your hands. Lord, heal my sister's heart as well tonight. In the name of Jesus. Broken heart will affect your heart. In the name of Jesus. Lord, heal her heart tonight. Thank you, Lord. I take authority right now. Check your arm. It's gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Amen. 
I remember years ago I was in West Texas. There was a woman that had a lot of nerve damage. This is probably, I would say this is the first year. That was the first year me and my wife, my son, he was a baby. We were, that was when they first came on the road with me full time. And there was a woman in the church, had a lot of nerve damage, had an injury. Um, a lot of, I remember a lot of nerve damage, a lot of bones messed up. And I prayed for her. And we prayed for a while. And I, I, I think I might have called it out, called her out, and told her what was going on. She concurred. I then prayed for another man that had the same condition. God healed him instantly. But then I prayed for the woman. I prayed for a couple of times. And she looks at me afterwards and she's crying. She said, Brother Hurt, I know that God has moved on me tonight. She said, but I don't feel anything better. So I want you to take your healing home with you tonight. When she did, she came back to church the next day. She was crying and she was worshiping and she was shouting and dancing. And as soon as she came, she said, Brother Hurt, she said, I, I got to testify. She told the pastor she got to testify. She said, Brother Hurt, she said, last night I went to sleep. And she said, and I woke up. And my husband woke me up because I've been, he said, you've been snoring all night long. And I hadn't been able to get no sleep. I need you to stop. She said, I realized that I don't snore because I can't ever sleep because of the pain. She said, but then I began to realize I'm snoring. And I saw what time it was. I had not had that much sleep in years. She said, all the pain was gone. My sister that's got the broke back, would you stand up? Who's that lady hugging you? That's your daughter. You love your mom. She loves her mom. You know why? Are you hugging her? Because I didn't pray for her immediately. I had to check, man, you know. Because she's standing by the door, you know. So we got to leave out that door. <laughs> no. Mom, I know you've been prayed for many of times. Do you still believe God? All right. She still believes God. She's been prayed for many times. 
the stuff hasn't left. So sometimes when people are trying to pray in there, trying to have faith, what do you do when deep down inside you're afraid to give off all the faith because you're fighting the fear of being disappointed? You love that girl right next to you. I think God loves her more. And I believe that God loves you just as much as he loves her. Jesus shed blood for your sins. He took stripes for your healing. Just like in the book of Exodus when they had the Passover, they did not waste the lamb, but every part was used for something. It served a purpose. And I'm telling you that there was a purpose behind his stripes And the enemy loves to rob purpose. And the way he can do that is convincing you that his purpose and that his stripes are respecter of person. I don't believe God will heal you. I know he will do it. Is there? This is why you've got to be careful about using your experience above what is written. Experiences do not trump what is written. We've got to resist that. We've got to fight against that. Because I can't find a scripture anywhere that tells me that you've got to keep that. But I've got tons of scripture that tells me that he'll deliver you from it. I feel the Lord moving right now. I want you to say, I know he'll do it. I want you I want you to humble yourself right now. I want you to repent for any unbelief. I want you to repent for any unbelief. I want you to speak from the heart. If you're battling unbelief, repent of it. Just be real with God. Humble yourself. You can never go wrong with humbling yourself. You'll never go wrong with being broken. Lord, forgive me, God, for the times that I've doubted you, Lord. Forgive me. Let everybody begin to repent. Lord, forgive me, Lord, for the times I've doubted. Forgive me, Lord, for the times I've, 
I didn't pray or did not receive or didn't ask. Not because you told me no, but because I was fearful that you weren't going to do what you said. Lord, the, the spirit doubt and life and lies have had a tendency, Lord, to try to clog up my mind and try to hinder my miracle. But tonight I believe you are a healer. I believe that you are a deliverer. I believe that you're not a respecter of persons. Begin to tell them what you believe he is. I believe that you will heal me. I believe that you will deliver me. I don't just believe you can. I believe you will. I believe that you're going to heal my back tonight. I be- Get those words out of your mouth. I-, I believe you're healing my back right now. I believe you're delivering my body right now. I believe, hallelujah, that I don't have to go another night in pain. I believe that tonight is the night of my miracle. I am repenting. I'm not going to charge you for why I didn't get the miracle last year. I'm not going to charge you for why I, 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 I didn't get the miracle last week. I'm, I'm just going, I'm going to humble my, I'm going to repent. Because you resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. So I'm going to repent. I'm going to come broken before you. And I need you, Lord, to heal this broken back of mine tonight. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, church. Begin to pray. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus, sister. Come on. God is all over you right now. What I want you to do is I want you to focus on receiving your healing right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. He's already moving right now. In the name of Jesus, that's it. I take authority right now in your back. In the name of Jesus, I command healing to begin to flow through your back right now. I take authority over all the pain. Leave her body right now. In the name of Jesus, there it is. In the name of Jesus, I command that pain that is on the right side to leave right now. In the name of Jesus, there it is. I take authority right now over all the pain in your vessel. In the name of Jesus, I command alignment right now to your back. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak healing, Lord God, to every part of her vessel. This night, in the name of Jesus, I speak zero pain in your body right now. In the name of Jesus, sister, there's a liberty coming over you right now. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Go ahead and just worship God. Church, begin to pray. Come on. Begin to worship God. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, I take authority, Lord God, over every nerve that is there, every muscle that is there that is out of place. This night, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus, I command the numbness to cease this night. In the name of Jesus, I command her foot to be whole. That's it right now, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I command her to be whole this night. In the name of Jesus, I command her foot. The feeling is returning back right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak a makeover right now. That's it. In the name of Jesus, you're receiving it right now. I declare the power and the authority. It's in the name of Jesus for healing the sweep to this church. 
right now by the power and the authority. It's in the name of Jesus. I command every infirmity to leave this house tonight by the power. It's in the name of Jesus. I command every person that's in this room that needs to be healed to receive it right now by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. While they were worshiping God, uh, the Lord broke the chains uh, off of Paul and Silas uh, and everybody that was in the prison. Uh, while they were having a prayer meeting, uh, praying about getting Peter out of prison, uh, all of a sudden God dispatched an angel while they were acting. Uh, can I tell you that while you're praying, uh, while you're worshiping, while you're acting, uh, God's moving that thing out of the way. Uh, while you have committed your yourself uh, to obeying the voice of God. Uh, God is moving somebody out of prison right now. I break the chains uh, of that curse on your life. Uh, I break the chains uh, of that infirmity on your life. Uh, I command the spirit of affliction uh, and infirmity to leave your body tonight. Uh, by the power and the authority. It's in the name of Jesus. Uh, I command you to walk in peace. Uh, no more pills. Uh, no more medicine. Uh, this night God has made you whole uh, by the power and the authority that is in the stripes of the lamb. Come on, somebody shout. Somebody shout. Somebody worship him. Somebody glorify him. Rejoice. That's it. Go ahead and sister. Go ahead and dance. It's been a long time coming. But when God makes your back hole, I just can't sit still. When God heals my body, I just can't. I've got to glorify you. Worship him with that new back. Worship him with that new foot. Worship him. Come on with that new feeling in your body. Worship him. He's a healer. He's a healer. He's a miracle worker. He's a deliverer. Thank you, Jesus. Mama, how you feeling? Huh? Somebody shout what she said. Not any pain. You hear that? I think that's a shout moment. I think we need to go ahead and worship him for a moment. Our God is one again. Come on, our God is healed again. Our God is delivered again. She came in here with a broke back, but God put it together and God gave her a new back. She's shouting. She's dancing. She's worshiping. How's your foot feel? You got your foot back? Huh? 
still numb. I wish we had a ball. I want you to say, Lord, I'm stepping into higher places in you. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to make my bad foot my good foot. Now, I want you to step out on your good foot right now. Step out on your good foot. Stand. Lift your hands. Lord, I take authority over the foot. I command all feeling to return right now back to that foot. Devil, you're going to give her her foot back tonight. In the name of Jesus. Every nerve come alive right now by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. There it is. Come on. That's it in the name of Jesus. That's it, sister. Go ahead and receive that. God's moving right now. In the name of Jesus. That's it in the name of Jesus. Don't, don't, don't settle for less. Come on. Get the whole foot back. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Get the whole foot back. Come on. I'm not going to keep 80 and give the devil 20. No. I'm not going to keep 90 and give the devil 10. I'm not going to keep 99 and give the devil 1. I want it all back. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Uh, tonight by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Uh, I speak complete life to that foot. I command all feeling to return to that foot tonight by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All right, sister, mom, how your foot feel now? That's fine. Any change? Okay, that, that means God's doing something. You're actually walking better. Lift your hands. You're walking better. Your back is whole. You think, oh, put, put your hands out. Listen, if you take something to the body shop, it was your car, and you got rear-ended or something, you ran into something, all right, and your lights all messed up, radiators messed up, panels are messed up. come back to the shop and you've got all this other stuff fixed. I mean, like you can drive it now. You got this little turning signal that just don't want to act right. You're going to just walk out and just say, you know what, you know what, I'm, I'm just grateful that everything, all this other stuff worked. It'd be different if Jesus didn't pay for it all to be done. I don't think it is ungrateful to wait till your change comes. 
I don't think it's ungrateful to go to God for what he promised and not just accepting what has happened until he says you accept it. Sister, daughter, could you could you lay your hands on your mom's foot? Now when you get ready to do this, don't touch your foot yet. I want you to act like, I want you to see yourself putting on a new foot like a person puts on a new pair of shoes. I want you to say, Lord, sister, daughter, say, Lord, give my mom, say, give my mom a new foot in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That's it. Worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, mom. How's your foot feel? Still no? All right. Do one more thing. I want you to use all of the faith you've got. I want you to put your left foot in. Put your left foot out. Put your left foot in. Shake it all about. Do the hokey pokey. Turn yourself around. Now check your foot. Is it, is it different? I know. Put your right foot in. Put your right foot out. Put your right foot in. Shake it all about. Do the hokey pokey. Turn yourself around. No, that's not the hokey pokey. The hokey pokey is this. Turn yourself around. Now check your foot. All right. Put your left foot in again. Put your left foot out. Put your left foot in. Shake it all about. Do the hokey pokey. And turn yourself around. Now check your foot. <laughs> you do the hokey pokey all day tomorrow. You should be good. Everybody give God a hand of praise. Do it in Jesus' name now. Don't be. I want you to go out. We're used to doing everything structured. We've got to get ourselves out of the structure and get ourselves in the spirit. And I'm telling you, 
You step out tomorrow, let God use you. Not saying, I, I know a preacher. No, you know a Jesus. Amen? The same Holy Ghost that's in me, that's in your leaders, that's in you. And he will use you to do exploits. God bless you tonight in Jesus' name.